By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. KD Armor raised the standard. Finally, AR500 steel core body armor that comfortably conforms to the chest and torso. Unique design distributes weight, feeling lighter, increases mobility, and lessens fatigue. Introducing the Combat Quad Bend CQB, a revolutionary plate-forming process that caters to the end user. The CQB is an industry game-changer, a must-have for the ladies. Available now only at KDArmor.com, C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Come and take it. Attention patriots, tired of the tyranny and crime in the sanctuary cities? Flee the city and seek refuge in the American Redoubt. FleeTheCity.com. Move to the freedom of Idaho, Montana, or Wyoming. FleeTheCity.com. FleeTheCity.com. Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyric to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc. You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. Welcome to American Dissident Voices. I'm Kevin Alfred Strom. Today, we conclude Leo Frank, Jewish sex killer, which is both a broadcast series and a new National Alliance flyer, available at natal.com slash flyers. That's N-A-T-A-L-L dot com slash flyers. 17 August, just a few days away, is the 107th anniversary of the carrying out of the death sentence of Leo Frank. The Jewish factory boss and B'nai B'rith officer who was the convicted murderer of a 13-year-old white girl, Mary Fagan. The Leo Frank case is important because... At the very dawning of the Jewish domination of the American media and the American mind, Jews chose to defend a sex pervert and killer of a white girl. A Jewish pervert who is obviously and unquestionably guilty. The Frank case exposes them as liars. It exposes them as sympathetic to perverts and perversion. 
it exposes them as false friends of blacks and false allies of whites. It exposes them for what they are. It exposes them for all time. Print out and fold these flyers and blanket your community with them. I have freely adapted my own work and the work of other researchers and National Vanguard contributors to create this flyer. So let us begin the concluding part of this important work. Here is part two of Leo Frank, Jewish Sex Killer. A few days after the killing, Frank told the press, referring to the National Pencil Company factory where the murder took place, quote, I deeply regret the carelessness shown by the police department in not making a complete investigation as to fingerprints and other evidence before a great throng of people were allowed to enter the place, close quote. But it was Frank himself, as factory superintendent, who had total control over access to the factory and crime scene, who was fully aware that evidence might thereby be destroyed, and who allowed it to happen. Although Leo Frank made a public show of support for Newt Lee, stating Lee was not guilty of the murder, behind the scenes he was saying quite different things. In its issue of April 29, 1913, the Atlanta Georgian published an article titled Suspicion Lifts from Frank, in which it was stated that the police were increasingly of the opinion that Newt Lee was the murderer and that, quote, additional clues furnished by the head of the pencil factory, Frank, were responsible for closing the net around the Negro watchman, close quote. The discovery that the bloody shirt found at Lee's home was planted, along with other factors such as Lee's unshakable testimony, would soon change their views, however. One of the clues provided by Frank was his claim that Newt Lee had not punched the company's time clock properly, evidently missing several of his rounds and giving him time to kill Mary Fagan and return home to hide the bloody shirt. But that directly contradicted Frank's initial statement the morning after the murder that Lee's time slip was complete and proper in every way. Why the change? The attempt to frame Lee would eventually crumble, especially after it was discovered that Mary Fagan died shortly after noon, four hours before Newt Lee's first arrival at the factory. Almost immediately after the murder, pro-Frank partisans with the National Pencil Company 
hired the Pinkerton Detective Agency to investigate the crime. But even the Pinkertons, being paid by Frank's supporters, eventually were forced to come to the conclusion that Frank was the guilty man. One Pinkerton man, though, was not averse to planting false evidence. W.D. McWorth, three weeks after the entire factory had been meticulously examined by police and Pinkerton men, miraculously discovered a bloody club, a piece of cord like that used to strangle Mary Fagan, and an alleged piece of Mary Fagan's pay envelope on the first floor of the factory, near where the factory's black sweeper, Jim Conley, had been sitting on the fatal day. This was the beginning of the attempt to place guilt for the killing on Conley, an effort which still continues over one hundred years later. The discovery was so obviously and patently false that it was greeted with disbelief by almost everyone, and McWorth was pulled off the investigation, and eventually discharged by the Pinkerton Agency. A year later, McWorth surfaced once more, now as a Burns Detective Agency operative, a firm which was by then openly working in the interests of Frank. One must ask, who would pay for such obstruction of justice, and why? Jim Conley told police two obviously false narratives before finally breaking down and admitting that he was an accessory to Leo Frank in moving of the body of Mary Fagan and in authoring, at Frank's direction, the quote-unquote death notes found near the body in the basement. These notes, ostensibly from Mary Fagan, but written in semi-literate southern black dialect, seemed to point to the night watchman as the killer. To a rapt audience of investigators and factory officials, Conley reenacted his and Frank's conversations and movements on the day of the killing. Investigators, and even some observers who were very skeptical at first, felt that Conley's detailed narrative had the ring of truth. At trial, the leading and most expensive criminal defense lawyers in the state of Georgia could not trip up Jim Conley or shake him from his story. Conley stated that Leo Frank sometimes employed him to watch the entrance to the factory while Frank, quote-unquote, chatted with teenage girl employees upstairs. Conley said that Frank admitted that he had accidentally killed Mary Fagan when she resisted his advances and sought his help in the hiding of the body and in writing the black dialect death notes that attempted to throw suspicion on the night watchman. 
blood spots were found exactly where Conley said that Mary Fagan's lifeless body was found by him in the second-floor metal room. The hair on the metal room lathe was immediately next to where Conley said he found her body and where she had apparently fallen during her altercation with Leo Frank. Blood spots were also found exactly where Conley says he dropped Mary Fagan's body while trying to move it. Conley could not have known this. If he was making up his story, this is a coincidence too fantastic to be accepted. A piece of Mary Fagan's lacy underwear was looped around her neck, apparently in a clumsy attempt to hide the deeply indented marks of the rope which was used to strangle her. No murderer could possibly believe that detectives would be fooled for an instant by such a deception. But a murderer who needed another man's help for a few minutes in disposing of a body might indeed believe it would serve to briefly conceal the real nature of the crime from his assistant, perhaps being mistaken for a lace collar. If Conley was the killer, and it had to be Conley or Frank, he moved the body of Mary Fagan by himself. The lacy loop around Mary Fagan's neck would serve absolutely no purpose in such a scenario. Former county policeman Boots Rogers stated that he personally inspected Newt Lee's time slip, the one that Leo Frank at first said had no misses, but later claimed the reverse. The Atlanta Georgian on May 8 reported what Rogers saw, quote, Rogers said he looked at the slip, and the first punch was at 6.30 and last at 2.30. There were no misses, he said, close quote. Frank, unfortunately, was allowed to take the slip and put it in his desk. Later, a slip with several punches missing would turn up. How can this be reconciled with the behavior of an innocent man? Several young women and girls testified at the inquest that Frank had made improper advances toward them, in one instance touching a girl's breast, and in another appearing to offer money for compliance with his desires. The ADL has claimed for decades that mobs near the courtroom terrorized the judge and jurors every day for weeks, screaming such things as, Hang the Jew or we'll hang you. But no contemporary newspaper report, even from papers highly favorable to Frank, reported any such thing. Nor did Frank's high-powered defense team make any such reference. Had anything like that actually occurred, it would have been grounds 
for an immediate mistrial. Independent investigator A.S. Kolyar and numerous other witnesses stated that Frank's friends were spreading money around to get dozens of witnesses to leave town or make false affidavits. In one case, a Frank agent pretended a love affair with a female witness in an effort to get her to change her testimony. All this was later proved in open court. Again, how can this be reconciled with the theory of Frank's innocence? On August 25, 1913, after seven days of the longest and most costly trial in Southern history up to that time, and after two of the South's most talented and expensive attorneys, and a veritable army of detectives and agents in their employ gave their all in defense of Leo M. Frank. Frank was unanimously convicted of the murder of Mary Fagan. The trial judge, Leonard Strickland Roan, had the power to set aside the guilty verdict of Leo Frank if he believed that the defendant had not received a fair trial. He did not do so. Supported by a huge fundraising campaign launched by the American Jewish community and supported by a public relations campaign carried out by innumerable newspapers and publishing companies nationwide, Leo Frank continued to mount a prodigious defense even after his conviction, employing some of the most prominent lawyers in the United States. For almost two years, they filed a long series of appeals to every possible level of the United States court system, up to and including the U.S. Supreme Court. All rejected Frank's appeals as groundless. The leader of Frank's fundraising and PR campaign, Jewish advertising mogul Albert Lasker, had little faith in Frank, and after meeting him, said he impressed him, quote, as a sexual pervert, close quote. Every single level of the United States legal system, after carefully and meticulously reviewing the trial testimony and evidence, voted in majority decisions to reject all of Leo Frank's appeals and to preserve the unanimous verdict of guilt given to Frank. It is preposterous to claim that these men and all these institutions, North and South, the coroner's jury, the grand jury, which included four Jews, the trial jury, and the judges of the trial court, the Georgia Superior Court, the Georgia Supreme Court, the Federal District Court, and the United States Supreme Court, were motivated by anti-Semitism in reaching their conclusions. The Jewish ADL, 
the same organization that wants us to accept the promotion of sexual perversion of almost every description in our schools, was born in the wake of the arrest and trial of Jewish sex killer and pervert Leo Max Frank. With nearly incredible chutzpah, the Jews at the ADL have continued their lying pro-Frank campaign for more than a century. Now they've got their tentacles into the state and municipal governments in Georgia and are spreading money around again, actively trying to reverse Frank's universally affirmed conviction. The men and women of the National Alliance are determined to tell our people the truth about Leo Frank and about the ADL. We're determined that one day there will be an American government and American media not corrupted by Jewish money. An America in which our school children will be taught true history and the healthy values that will help them build strong families. We're working for an America in which all those who try to pervert our children are removed forever from our midst. Join us today. You're listening to Resolution Radio, Radio, Radio. ResolutionRDO.com Are you a native son or daughter of the South who pleads the stars and bars? Someone not born in Dixieland, but who is a Johnny Reb at heart and looking for a place to shop that promotes Southern heritage? Well, your search is over. Dixie Republic is the place to go for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride. Inside the log cabin just outside Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, Dixie Republic has t-shirts, hats, videos, flags, books, belt buckles, and some of the best mouth-watering barbecue sauce that will ever touch your lips. There's just about everything you want honoring the South at Dixie Republic. Well, you say that South Carolina's a bit too far for you to drive? Have no fear, my friend. All of this is just a mouse click away. Go online at www.dixierepublic.com. You're home for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride. Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character, where educating both hearts and minds brings about academic excellence. There is a school in American Fork where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. Based on LDS principles and a love of country, now in our 39th year, American Heritage School is accepting fall enrollment for kindergarten through high school. What would you do for your child? Give them an education that will prepare them for life, 
located east of the Temple in American Fork, American Heritage School is a remarkable and affordable alternative. Visit us, find us online, or in the yellow pages. American Heritage School in American Fork. Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyric to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes, news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc. The Occidental Quarterly fills a unique niche in bringing together scholarly articles on a wide range of topics that are mired in political correctness elsewhere. It is edited by Professor Kevin McDonald, who's no stranger to listeners of the political cesspool. There are quite a few reasons for the precarious state of our civilization and our people. But one of the main ones is that we have lost the intellectual and moral high ground to a cultural elite that is hostile to our people and our culture. Those of us who are politically aware must understand that the elites dominating culture and the political process in the West are intellectually and morally bankrupt. TOQ is the key. Digital download subscriptions are only $30 a year. Subscriptions by first-class mail are only $60 a year. Go to toqonline.com and click on subscribe now. In addition to receiving fascinating and informative articles, you will also be supporting the work of scholars who are part of a community defending our people and our culture with the highest level of integrity and intellectual sophistication. That's toqonline.com. Subscribe now. Are you worried about America? Do you fear the power of the Obama brigades to take away your rights? The Obama presidency is the most radical left-wing administration in American history. Our constitutional liberties are in danger. What can you do? Join the Council of Conservative Citizens. For over 20 years, the CFCC has fought for the rights and ideals of the European American majority. The CFCC has won legal and political battles to protect your heritage and your liberties. The CFCC advocates strong state governments over the power of Washington, D.C. to rule your life. The CFCC believes in an American first foreign and domestic policy which opposes globalism and one world government. The CFCC advocates racial integrity as God's natural order. Visit our website today at www.cfcc.org and join fellow European Americans in the fight for our people.